Today's guest sells over $20 million in e-commerce with a big chunk of that coming from Latin American countries and marketplaces you might not have heard of such as Mercado Libre. ¿Qué tan cool está esto? Demasiado cool, creo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. This is, like I said, the Serious Sellers Podcast, o en, en español, el podcast de los vendedores serios. We're going to have like a Spanglish a little bit episode today because I've got Alex, Alexei, is that, am I pronouncing it right? Yes, Alexeis. Alexeis, all right. So Alexeis, first of all, I, I asked you this before, uh, but what is the origin of your name? So I'm, I'm from Latvia. It's a, it's a small country that used to be part of the Soviet Union. Now it's part of the European Union. But my original name is Alexei, which is a Russian name. So I speak Russian. My, my roots are from Russia. Wow, so you know, I could be like Buenos Dias, or I could be Dobre Utro, and or and, and you'd be good uh, either way, huh? <laughs> yes, and my father is Cuban, so that's my, my that's why my last name is Leo. So I have a have a quiet mix. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now today we're going to be talking about you know speaking uh, of Latin America, a lot of options for for sellers to to sell outside of the U.S. or or the opposite way. Maybe we have some listeners who are in you know, South America and Latin America, and they're interested in selling in the US, I know you have a lot of experience going both ways. But the very first thing I like to do when I have a new guest for the first time is I like talking about their, their origin story, you know, like, like their superhero origin story. So you had mentioned you were, were you born and raised in Latvia? Yes, I was born and raised in Latvia. I came to, to Miami when I was 17. I didn't know Spanish, neither English. I learned both of them here in, in Miami. And I graduated from, from high school here. I ended up having like two last years. Then I went to, to Miami Day College and then FIU. I graduated and majoring in finance and, and real estate. And uh, I was always wanted to have my own company. And I decided to partner up with two of my college friends. And uh, we basically opened a website, Shopify store, to sell vitamins and supplements. Um, this was right out of college? Yes. Now, going back, though, but before then, like when you were growing up in Latvia, is that what you kind of envisioned? Like, you know, when you were a teenager or, or even younger, were you, were, did you, were you one of those ones that always had like an entrepreneurial spirit? Like, hey, I want to have my own company. Or did you think you were going to be a fireman or, or what, what were you thinking? No, I always I always my dad was a business. Well, he is a businessman. So I always want to have my own business since I was a kid. I was selling flowers in the street, um, reselling them, uh, getting them from my neighbor and reselling them in the street when I was like. I don't know, maybe 10, 10 years old. So I was always, I always want to have my own business. So it was always in me. Okay. So then your, your first actual after university or college was this business you're saying, uh, it was Shopify. No, it wasn't actually thinking back. I, I, before that I had a, a business consulting firm, which I did for a few years because I graduated in finance and real estate. So I figured I can create like a business plan and help people to uh, open the company and create a business plan and all that. So I did that for a few years. Um, I did okay, but I was very curious about the e-commerce. E-commerce was booming at that time. And I didn't know what exactly to do, but again, I partnered up with two of my friends and one of them had some background on supplements because he had a nutrition store. So um, that's how we come out with the idea to basically sell 
uh, vitamins and supplements in 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 one website, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. well, what year are we talking about now? About uh, talking about 2011, 12. So and um, I did that for quite a while. The actual the Shopify website we did like for eight months, almost a year. It was very successful. Uh, we were increasing our sales, doubling and tripling our sales every month. But we want to expand, and uh, that's how we get into marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Jet. We want to you know, diversify and increase our revenue, our sales. And um, again, it was total success. Uh, but one of our accounts, our Amazon account, was suspended. So that's when we decide to not only diversify into marketplaces here in state, that we want to go international. That's how the whole thing international starts as well, you know, to even diversify even more. because. I'm very big on diversifying. It is my, I would say it's, it's my, uh, how can I say, a lucky charm. You know, this is the way I've been su succeeding in, in everything I do because I always diversify. Um, at least, I don't know, maybe 40% of everything I do, has, there's always separate things, you know, not just one in one marketplace or one product to sell, one category to sell, you know. I'm very big on diversifying. Okay. What was the first diversification that you did, like, outside of just maybe traditional Amazon USA? So the first, what, what we did the analysis and we were thinking, you know, what other marketplace we can sell. We, we were looking into Tabao, which is the Chinese marketplace, but it was very difficult with the language, time zone, time difference. We didn't have contacts there yet um, at that point. And then we look into Mercado Libre, which is the South America uh, marketplace. And uh, Colombia was our first country that we visit, that we start getting, uh, knowing people there, understanding the platform, understanding the, the whole e-commerce situation there. And that was our first diversification no? into a different country. Okay, so now, for, you know, for those who don't know, ¿qué es lo que nos puedes decir acerca de Mercado Libre? So what can you tell us about Mercado Libre, like how prevalent it is in Latin America? Because like, I believe in some countries, uh, you know, I don't know, at least the last time I checked like a year ago, it was still kind of bigger than Amazon is in a lot of Latin American countries. So what, can you explain, for those who have never heard of Mercado Libre, can you talk a little bit about it? Sure, sure. Mercado Libre is the biggest South American marketplace. So they are in 13 different countries. Uh, they're, they've been established in 1993, I believe. So they've been for a while. Their headquarters in Argentina. They have a fulfillment centers in Argentina, Brazil, Mexico. They're planning to open one in Ecuador and Colombia as well. Uh, fulfillment centers. So, so then there's kind of like uh, over there then FBM doesn't mean fulfilled by merchants, fulfilled by Mercado Libre. They, I didn't realize they had their own fulfillment channels kind of like Amazon FBA. Yes, 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 yes. They call that Envio Full. That's their name for, yeah, that's the name for FBA. So they are in Argentina, Mexico, and Brazil. Okay. Those are the markets that they have, the, the Envio Full, you know. Colombia, now they're implementing this year already. Um, probably going to be very soon. It got delayed a little bit with this whole coronavirus and all that. Now, one thing I think that's important for uh, sellers that don't have much experience in Latin America that I found is, is here uh, or in Europe uh, and in Asia and in uh, United States, everybody has 17,000 different credit cards and, and that's the way that, that people pay. But in, in Latin America, not everybody uses credit cards. So they have different systems of pay that sometimes are even more prevalent than credit cards, right? Where like, for example, in Mexico, the bigger option probably is to go pay in uh, Oxo or or what 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 is like kind of like the Mexican Seven Eleven. So is that is that pretty much still the case in a lot of Latin America where people who buy online they don't have a credit card, so they need other other payment options? It's advantage for our sellers, the one that's selling here in the United States, that we have an experience 
um, in so much advantage uh, or advanced technology there's that South America is not there yet. So people, sellers that are coming from the United States there, like me, I have a huge advantage because I know what's coming or what I, or some tools that I can use that people are not, don't know yet there, you know? So one of the, the, the issue with the credit cards, you totally right, not a lot of people yet have ability of buying online because they don't have a credit card, they're not used to it. But imagine when that whole population of South America adapt their self completely to buying online. Was there a bigger spike because of the, the coronavirus? Like people, did you see a spike uh, in Latin America of a lot of people who weren't buying online before, but now uh, they had no choice? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, what's the potential? Like, what about you? In your businesses overall on Mercado Libre, like how much would you say you're grossing in sales uh, per year? What do you mean? In total sales between all the marketplace, the brands I represent, because again, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. The ones that you're directly controlling and running over there for Mercado Libre, first of all, which one is the biggest marketplace for you? Like which country? And then secondly, like what, if you're just to estimate how many yearly sales you're doing on all the brands you control, what would you say it is yearly for? Just, just so people understand maybe the, the potential of the market there. The biggest market is Mexico, Argentina, and Brazil. I'm in Mexico and Colombia right now, and Panama and Ecuador. But the biggest one, the one that I'm handling, is Mexico. The potential, the potential is huge. Our sales, comparing to what we sell here in states, I would say twenty percent. You know, twenty percent. And and yeah, and we have a much more potential there than here. And why I'm saying that is because let's say you want to sell, for example, Coca-Cola, right? You want to sell Coca-Cola on Amazon. Most likely. Any normal seller that's gonna approach Coca-Cola, they're gonna just ignore it or just laugh at it. You know, like you wanna sell on Amazon, there's you know, probably a lot of other people that have much more experience or have a much higher buy power. There's a lot of things that probably they're just not gonna uh, do business with you. Now, you approach Coca-Cola that you wanna sell in Mercado Libre, there's nobody doing nothing yet, or there's maybe a few people, but not a lot of experience because those people are from the, that country and you have a huge advantage because you're from here and you can use all the knowledge that you've been developing here, applying there, then they're gonna listen to you. This is what happened to me. I'm, 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 I'm selling the biggest um, supplements company that I can ever sell here in state. I'm selling there in, in, in Mexico, in Colombia. So that, that's almost kind of like what we call here, like, like, like the wholesale method kind of, right? You're like, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not just, you know, producing your own private label brand, but you're buying uh, known brands and then uh, reselling them in Latin America. And like I said, it's, 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 it's the model that can be really, that are working right now. You know, again, private label is not, is not good yet for Mercado Libre. You need to sell products that already have a huge demand. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Interesting. Is there gating? You know, you know how like over here in the United States, I can't just go in and sell, sell Nike. You know, I have to be approved. Uh, do you have those restrictions in Mercado Libre? Uh, yes. There is a tool that nobody knew about it or at least very, very few sellers knew about it in Mercado Libre. There's a tool called PPPE, which is like personal protection, uh, intellectual property protection. So nobody uses that tool. And we found out about it and we create a contract between us and the brand that we manage it, that tool for them. And you basically can shut anybody who sells your product without your permission on the platform. You know, similar Project Zero here in the Amazon, um, they have that tool over there. But again, sellers that are in that country don't know about that tool. Interesting. Now, I mean, I, I keep hearing a lot about, you know, big brands and it's harder for private label 
in Latin America. So what if you do have a private label? You know, uh, I, like for example, you know, you know our Proyecto X, our Project X from YouTube is the coffin shelf. And then we have an egg tray. You know, this is a Helium 10 brand. No, nobody's ever heard of it. Does that mean we wouldn't have success if we tried to sell this in Mexico or Colombia or any of these other places? You, you're not going to have a success yet. You will not. Because, again, you're going to be competing with it. You have to market. You have to even market the big brands in the platform. So imagine marketing the brand that nobody knows about, you know? So it's like, just give an example. You have to market. If you're going to represent Nike, you have to do a marketing uh, job to market Nike in the platforms. Imagine now you're going to, I don't know, create a shoes, rally shoes, and then you're going to market rally shoes in a Nike. Everybody, I mean, everybody knows Nike, you know, so they're going to go for Nike. So it's, you have no chance there. It's, it's very hard. Yet, again, it's something that's probably going to be developed and probably going to uh, get better, but it's not there yet. But I mean, I'm sure there's some because there's just people who search sometimes for keywords as opposed to like searching for brands, you know, like where they don't know which brand they want. So like you had said in the beginning, that makes it that much more important to make sure that you have the right keywords in your listing. Is there anything that you use? You know, obviously there's no Helium 10 for Mercado Libre yet, you know, but how do you know what keywords people are, are searching for in these other marketplaces? That's one of the things. There's no keywords. It doesn't exist yet there. You make out leave it. You know, you don't have that. Uh, you don't have that tool to see to beat any keyword or have a keywords in your title or anything like that. It doesn't doesn't work like that. And the marketing, like I said, the marketing that they provide you or the packages that they provide you, you don't have. You have zero control. It's the, the platform itself or the people in the back end that are doing email campaigns and um, and putting the banners. That's what the tools they have right now to market. Okay, interesting. Now, what about PPC? on platform on the latin american platforms like uh, uh does that help like do they even have it available where you can where you can pay for ad placement there's no ppc there is ppc in amazon mexico okay amazon mexico there is a ppc because they're they're basically using the same tools the same platform but um but it's again it's not it's not as um efficient or good as is working here you know and mercado libre doesn't have that not yet okay now between amazon mexico and mercado libre Mexico, what is bringing you more sales? Macau Libre. It's much bigger. Amazon is getting there. I mean, Amazon is it's little by little. You know how they're doing. You know, they, they have unlimited funds and they selling products are probably a loss to start getting, you know, the market share. But they're, they're not there yet. Macau Libre sells much more. Okay. And for Amazon Mexico, are you actually sending inventory to Mexico and fulfilling it there or using that, I forgot what it's called, but that, that kind of cross-border fulfillment where, where Amazon makes your USA FBA inventory available to buyers in Mexico? Or how, how are you fulfilling products for, for your Amazon Mexico business? I have an account open in Mexico. So I, and I use Fulfillment Center in Mexico. FBA, you know, FBA in Mexico. It's, a, it's, it's totally different when you, how can I say that? Global selling, which you use your own platform that is allow you to sell in Mexico, have nothing to do with the actual account having in Mexico. I don't know if I'm clear what I'm saying. Because you have, when you open a company in Mexico and you, you can basically go and talk to Amazon there. You have a representative that can help you to, to establish your account, that can help you with, with, all, with everything, basically. If you are doing global selling that using the USA account, you're on your own, you know? Okay, now you... Obviamente no, no eres uh, un ciudadano mexicano. You're not a Mexican citizen. How did you set up an Amazon 
Mexico, you know, uh, account and fulfillment, et cetera. Like what obstacles are there for a person who is not a citizen of Mexico to, to set up down there? Uh, yeah, you have to open a bank account in Mexico. There, you have to open a company there. You have to open a bank account. There's lawyers that uh, basically do that for you. You hire a lawyer. They do all the paperwork. Sometimes they need a, like a registered agent in Mexico, which they provide that for you. Uh, you use their address as a lawyer's office. You know, all that you can do through the lawyers. They know how to do it because they, and that's what they do. You know, they. So, so, so you suggest that as opposed to somebody trying to just figure it out on, on their own. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You want to, you, you want to, okay. it's, and it's not expensive. You know, we, when we think about lawyers, we're always scared because how much they cost here, <laughs> but over there it's, it's much more reasonable. All right. What's the potential of the market down there? So it sounds like, you know, for private label, and I'm not just talking about Amazon, Mexico, but just South of the U S border, you know, we have a lot, you know, I would say a good 90% of our listeners, maybe our Amazon USA sellers. And of course, like you said, at the very beginning of this episode, sometimes the, the name of the game is diversification, you know, like they want to have diversification of their income stream. And Hey, if we want to start selling on walmart.com, let's do it. If we want to start selling on Shopify, let's do it. Well, let's think even more outside the box. Maybe the private label game isn't big in in uh, you know Latin America yet, but maybe I can you know set up a wholesale business. But what would the path be like? Like, should they start first in Mercado Libre, Mexico? Should they start first in Mercado Libre, Colombia? What's the like logical progression of how somebody could expand to e-commerce? The typical listener of us, how can they expand to e-commerce in Latin America? Okay, first of all, I would definitely go with the market where if you want to sell in Mercado Libre the market where you have a fulfillment center, that Macau Libre have a fulfillment center, which is Argentina, Brazil, and Mexico. That's the number one. Because if you're going to go to other countries that do not have, you have to make sure you have a logistics created. You know, you need to have a fulfillment center. They're going to fulfill yours. Or you have to rent the location, hire the employees, and all that. You don't want to go through all the hassle. I don't think it's, it's, it's good. You know, I did it, but that was a mistake. So, um, so I would go with Mexico that have a fulfillment center that have much better relationship between United States, much easier to open the company there and open the bank account. Um, again, the potential is huge. And uh, my advice, again, is to, if you want to get into those countries, you start with the products that you, that you wholesale, you know, the products that are worldwide known, that it's going to be much easier for you to start the movement, you know, with the private label, it's going to be a struggle. Okay. You, you say the potential is huge, you know, like what are some amounts that you know of, you know, people in your network, what kind of numbers are they doing? down there on Mercado Libre? My gross sales is $20 million. Um, so and 20% of that is Mercado Libre in Mexico. Wow. So, so that's uh, four, four to $5 million you're doing on Mercado Libre Mexico by itself. What's your typical profit margin? You know, like the, the standard that people say, like especially maybe wholesale in the United States is, hey, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20%. Uh, is it similar for Mercado Libre after all your expenses? So this is one of the other biggest challenges that I have. My margins here in, in, in states is between 25 to 28%. In Mexico, I am having huge problems because of the currency volatility. That's other things that people don't calculate. You know, I, I didn't um, before I get into the markets because Mexico, Colombia, all of them, all the countries of South America, the, the peso or whatever currency they have, it's very volatile. It can jump 10 to 15% back and forth. So that can basically eat your profit. You know, if you don't have good margins, you can, you can ruin your business. Okay. So that, that's, that's another thing that I think that's, is important for people to understand is 
you're you're not dealing in U.S. dollars, you know, down there, um, and and the, the market is a lot more volatile. Yes. So sometimes, sometimes I have money sitting in the bank because the currency is jumped down or up or whatever, and I have to wait, wait to until it's stabilized and then bring the money back. Or because I don't have other option, I have to bring money back. I have to assume the loss. You know. So that's that's a big one there, and it happens again in Colombia. Mexico, Argentina, Brazil even worse. I'm not there, but I'm, I'm monitoring that and it's very bad. Um, Panama is good in Ecuador. That's why I'm getting into those two markets because it's in dollars. There's no uh, currency of the country. Their, their currency is dollars. So it's not going to get affected. That's why I want to get into those countries, but they're not as big. Now, here's a question. Let's say we have a typical listener here on the Serious Sellers podcast. They're, they're, they're maybe a private label seller on uh, on Amazon. You know, they're, they're not... Uh, uh, you know, eight figure seller, maybe not even seven figure seller. They just have a you know nice income on on Amazon, and and they're intrigued by the potential for for maybe you know getting some more income streams down in Latin America. So for the typical person, uh, you know who who doesn't have you know fifty thousand dollars to invest right off the bat, what is an easy win for them to expand to? the other marketplaces. I think you had said, hey, probably it's better to start, like you said, in, in Mexico, Argentina, where there's a, where there's a uh, you know, fulfillment center. Okay, that's step one. But then how do they go about finding the opportunity? You know, there's no black, there's no Helium 10 black box that you can use for Mercado Libre. So how does somebody know what their first product should be that'll give them a good chance of success? If they want to analyze and they want to see what product sells there and uh, how much they sell. There's a, there's a tool called Nubi Metrics. How do you spell that? Nubi, Nubi, N-U-B-I, N-U-B-I, Metrics. So what that helps you to analyze sell or official stores, because there's a difference between being a normal seller, that you don't have any official store, it's just uh, anybody can jump, open their account and sell. Or official stores that are basically like a branded store, you know, like, like we have... No, branded store. Yeah, that's how you call it. Um, it. It gives you metrics of how much they sell, what product sells, the volume of sales. You can analyze with that. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying it's for, for newer people, maybe who don't have much capital, it's, it might not be something you'd want to get into right away. Like, is that because it takes a lot more capital to be able to, to get started down there because you're having to buy the bigger brands or, or why is that? Uh, all of the above, you know, it's, it's, it's risky. You know, you don't want to, I would, if you have $50,000 to start, I would just buy more inventory here and sell, you know, um, because again, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lengthy process. It depends on the product that you want to sell. In my case, it was much more harder because of my category. I had to get a special permits. And in, in Colombia, it's um, in Bima, in, in Mexico, it's coffee, please. It's a special permits that you need to obtain in order to sell these products. Now, maybe if you're in a different category, it's going to be less painful and, and it's going to take less time. But again, it's, it's time. You, need to, you also need to import the products. It's a logistic part that's costly. In Colombia, when you import in Colombia, you have to pay your IVA, which is sell tax, upfront. Same thing in Mexico. So if you have a container of $100,000 and the IVA is 19%, you need to pay $19,000 upfront without even selling a dollar. Wow. That's good to know. I had no idea about that. So then who, who would be benefit then what's the what's the kind of person who would be able to benefit even now you know obviously the the markets there are a lot you know fresher than than here in the states but but who would you suggest that hey you you should probably go think about you know opening up on mercado libre and and these other marketplaces big brands big brands big brands and what do you consider big brands 
Nike, Adidas, Samsung, Sony, big brands. But but I mean, you 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 weren't Nike, Adidas. I mean, you're buying those things, like so. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is representing them in those countries. Okay, re- people who represent yes. the bigger. Yes. Okay, can, so like people who have, in other words, people who have a good uh, existing relationships you know, wholesale relationships with the company where they can get good prices from a big brand, in other words. Exactly, exactly. Got it, yes. got it. Yes. What about the, the the opposite? Have you heard anything about manufacturing in Latin America? You know, a lot of people these days have been worried about manufacturing in China and, and you know, because of what happened with the, with the virus and things shut down, they're like, oh man, what if something like this happens again where production shuts down for a month or two? Like, I, I, I want to diversify where I manufacture my product. Do you manufacture any products in Latin America or know people who do? Is that an emerging market at all? Uh, I don't personally, but there's brands that I'm representing. They're start having some manufacturing in Mexico in this case. There is some people thinking about Colombia as well. And it's main, mainly because of that IVA, import taxes. You know, there's a 20% import tax that is painful for, for any international brand. So, but if you manufacture in the country, it's better for them because it's, they can sell the products cheaper. You know, or they can make more money and, and instead of giving away to to the government. You know, because it's twenty percent. But the issue there, so that's why they they still in the trial period. The issue there is the consumer in this case, um, the products that I sell. The consumer like American product. They like that the product is made in the USA. You know, because that's a consumable product. So yeah, there is there is some potential in that in manufacturing, but again, it's they're still in the trial period, at least for the brands that I represent. What else haven't we talked about that you think is important for, for people to know about? I think we mentioned everything. Uh, the currency, you have to be very careful with the currency. Uh, try to get, if you want to get into those countries, try to represent some of the big brands. Again, you can start selling any products you want and understand the platform and, 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 and see how the whole thing works. But and then go to the big brand and talk to them and say, listen, I, I, I know how to sell in this market and uh, this channel. Let me represent you. I can do this, this and that. Believe me, the knowledge that any Amazon seller have here in state, it's going to have a huge advantage of any sellers that are in any particular country, you know? Because of, the, of all the experience that we have, you know, the image, the description, the um, everything, everything is, you have huge advantage. All right. So now we're going to do something we haven't done before. I'm going to do, we have something we call the or TST 30 second tip where you give a really good strategy that you can say in only 30 seconds or less. That is very actionable. Something we haven't maybe talked about that you think that the listeners would find benefit, but what we're going to do before we do it in English, lo vamos a hacer primeramente en español, así que este es, uh, lo vamos a llamar uh, consejo de 30 segundos. That's kind of like 30 second tip. So, en español, ¿cuál es tu, tu consejo de 30 segundos? Mi consejo es diversificar. Uh, yo soy muy grande en diversificar. Tienes que diversificarte cuando tú estás en negocio de revender en línea en ese momento. Todo cambia muy rápido. O sea, si tú no tienes, si tú no estás bien diversificado, te puedes afectar mucho. Muchísimo. Si tú no estás diversificado en categoría, en plataformas, es muy fácil fracasar o, o sí, fracasar en este caso, si no tienes algo más con que puedes eh, apoyarte, ¿no? Okay. Now in English, what's your 30-second tip? It can be that same one that you just said in Spanish or something different. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say the same, same thing. Diversify. I'm very big on diversifying. Uh, nowadays, with technology and being in e-commerce, 
we need to diversify into the platforms. We need to diversify into different categories. My main category is supplements, but I do sell toys. I do sell home goods. I do sell gym accessories. I am in the different categories. And it's because it can, if you're only in one category, there's so many things that can happen that is out of your hand. Mainly if you sell in, in platform like Amazon or Mercado Libre, you know, it's, it's not your platform. So if you don't have other platform or you don't have other category or other account that you're selling on, it can really affect you, you know, affect your whole business. You can be basically out of the business. Okay. That's a great tip. You know, I, I think people, when they think of the word diversification, it's mainly, oh, that means I need to sell on, on Amazon Europe or I need to sell on Walmart. But, but if you're just selling in, for example, neck pillows, four months ago, you could have been selling neck pillows and being a multi-million dollar seller in neck pillows and selling diversified and Mercado Libre and selling in Amazon USA, Amazon Japan, everywhere. But guess what? Your business would have gone to almost zero during the time that everybody was on lockdown. So having a diversified product portfolio is also interesting. I, had, I haven't even thought about that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's exactly what happened to me, Brandon. Uh -oh. I, was selling a lot of, I, I was selling a lot of home goods, a lot of um, gym accessories actually was the good thing, uh, toys, everything went to zero. But my supplements and my gym accessories skyrocketed, you know, because of a lot of people were consuming those products and a lot of people was doing exercising in-house. So, but the other products went to zero. Imagine if my whole business were based on those products because you would not be able to send to Amazon. Nobody was interested about those products. So I would basically, I don't know, I would have to suffer a lot, you know, and wait until everything. But it can, if you have big operation and you have employees and you have rent to pay, you know, you, it's very, it, I would say, Mike, it's impossible to just rely on one thing. You know, you need to diversify. All right. That's great consejo or advice uh, for us. So thank you for that. Now, if people want to, you know, maybe, maybe they, they, they found, uh, you know, something you said interesting and, and they, they feel that, hey, maybe we might have a chance to, to sell in, in Latin America, but we, we need a little bit more help. Uh, how can people uh, find you out there so that they can maybe ask you some questions or, or get some help? So they can find me by my name and my last name, which is very hard to pronounce, but it's, it's Alexis Leal in my Instagram. I'm also one of the leader team in leadership team in WeSurf of Amazon, um, which is um, I'm hosting the Spanish event. So they always can reach me through WeSurf Amazon as well. You know. Uh, well, uh, what's that website? Uh, is it just WizardsofAmazon.com? Yes, WizardsofAmazon.com. Okay. Yep, and that's how I met you. You know, for, uh, from Carlos Alvarez, you know, our mutual mutual friend there. And once I heard about your story, I'm like, oh, we got to have this guy in the the podcast. So thank you so much, Alexis, for 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 coming on here. Gracias, and how do you say Placivo? Placiva, Placiva. Yes. There we go. You got it. You got it. <laughs> oh, obrigado. Since we, we talked a little bit about Brazil yeah. today. Um, so whatever language we're in, thank you uh, so much for joining us. And I'd love to reach out to you maybe next year and see how the Latin American market has changed. Who knows? Maybe it'll be opened up more for private label sellers next year. Sure, Bradley. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me.